0: Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and I've read each book in the main series. However, my co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello. And he's out in the wild searching for his long lost mate. It's Joshua Dean Baker. Two, wow, the middle name, too. Just fucking throwing the whole thing out there. I've done it two times now, and both times you've been like, oh, my middle name, too. Oh, look, my middle name is my dad's
1: first name. I feel very protective of
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my first name is my dad's name, so we can get along with that. We get so. it. And, Jonathan. and what
2: is that name? <laughs> and who are and, you, really?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, you're revealing my middle name life. Yep. Um, well, today on the show, we're talking about chapters 18, 19, and 20 as we finish out book three, Kapustan. How are you guys feeling today? Fun, flirty, the usual. Yeah,
2: I feel that really was my, rejuvenated. Yeah, that
0: was my big opening I came up with. <laughs>
1: it's pretty it good, good, pretty good. I liked
2: it. We're recording an.
1: We're recording an hour later than normal, and by that I mean an hour and forty-five minutes because we bullshitted for forty-five straight minutes. So I feel great. That's true yeah.
2: friendship.
0: It just means I'm going to get sleepier and sleeper as the show goes on. <laughs> it's true. So. It's true. Davidson was time is midnight. It Peter? It's 11:46 p.m. for him. Ooh, it's, <laughs> a, yeah, it's cra- close.
2: a crazy night for you, Peter.
0: Oh yeah, just getting wild over here, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: yeah,
0: I'm up you know, all night
2: podcasting. Next time we podcast, I know it's going to be in the morning, but I would love to do it. Like share a drink with you guys. Like it could be oh. an orange juice with champagne.
0: <laughs> the problem is like either you guys are drinking at night and I'm in the morning. Like someone has to be morning drinking. Oh, drink Peter, morning. Yeah, Peter,
1: it's, it's quarantine. Andy and I will we'll, we'll take that bullet, bud. <laughs> it's five o'clock yeah. somewhere.
0: <laughs> Not here, and Josh. But that's I believe all right. you declared you just bought the recipe for boat drinks and such. So
1: I do. Ha- I'm prepared for island time at any given moment with my giant bottle of blue curacao. So, yes, that's fact. All a drink needs to be is blue. Boom! You're on the beach, baby. I love
2: it.
0: Alrighty, and with, and with that, let's uh, let's,
2: let's dive get right this in.
1: started.
0: And I just want to say, this chapter summary is so long. Chapter 18 is a marathon. Yeah. So uh, you two will read the other ones, but I'll get through this one. Yeah,
2: it's I'll a definitely big boy. I'll read one. That's, You're going to read 20. definitely happening.
0: <laughs> chapter 18. Quick Ben is blessed by Talamandus, and they speak of the Bargast god and Kroll's blood. To the west of Capistan, fleeing panions have encountered the Malazans. They are being cut down. Corlat appears to Whiskey Jack, drawing the commander back to Dujek's tent by traveling Crawled Ghellane. In the tent, QuickBend speaks of the bridge burners, the Varghast, and of Anaster. Corlat argues with Whiskey Jack about the Tennis and what should be done with the peasant army. Dujek enters, worried about their alliances. Annmander Rake knows their outlawing to be a fraud. The Mive dreams again running from wolves. A Revy woman combs the mive's hair, childlike. Krupp speaks with Cole and Marilio, and he declares the battle over. Krupp thinks on Silverfox and the council. The council then meets in Brood's tent. Anamander, Rake, and Corlat arrive. She is worried about the alliance, but Rake seems to be warming to the Malazan forces. And and Brood cannot argue against us. The Malazanes then enter, saying the gallery ride towards the host. They discuss strategies to march southward. and Brood moves to the end the meeting, wanting to speak with the Bargass leader and Silverfox. Outside the tent, Silverfox decides not to attend. Rather, the second gathering is imminent and must be convened unwitnessed by the host. However, Krupp persuades her and will join her at her side. And Amanda Rake speaks to Whiskey Jack on a riverbank. They speak of Korlat, the false outlawing of armies and commanders, and of Ganos Perun. The crippled god would enter the House of Chains to the Deck of Dragons, and Rake hopes this to be denied. They also speak of the first chaining and the great effort it took. Fenir was required, and they speak of Fenir's Reeve and the priest Haborik. The priest subjected to political judgment by Surly his hand sent to Fenir's side, later causing the god to be dragged into the mortal realm. In Capustan, Quickpen puts Talamandus on his shoulder and comes to Botchlin's estate. They decide to investigate further, speaking of the Warren of Demons when a Syrinth greets them. They free this demon, quickly escaping, and then make it into the estate. They find Botulin reading along a Reese and a crow. Botulin decides to share a drink with them a drink of blood. In the Thrall, Perrin waits on a bench. His stomach still pains. He fears the Elder God's design and thinks on the Deck of Dragons. Caffel digs through the canoes from underneath the Thrall and calls Perrin the one who blesses. The Bargast wish to take the sea, and Humbral Tower will ask Perrin to bless them and their gods. Quick Ben and Botulin discuss necromancy. Hood's Warren, and the Chaos Warren. Corbel Broach tries to strike Quickben. Ben, he defends himself with six Warrens. Then, Quickben Ben strikes Botulin as well, using even more Warrens. Quickben Ben then leaves, but not before Emancipur Reese complains about his bosses. Afterwards, the Manservant drags his masters into the garden and extinguishes the flaming estate. Quick Ben approaches a central square of Kapustan, and he thinks more on the power that Talamandus has lent him. He is drawing on Hood's Warrant, and the stick snare is the Magi of High House Death. Perrin has left the Bargast and thinks of both Felicent and Tavor. Gruntel then joins him, and they both speak about war and soldiers. Perrin complains that there are so many calling him to deny the crippled god, but Gruntel thinks perhaps the god should be allowed to enter and play the same game as the others. Quickben finds these two, and they speak of the Zan command and the House of Chains. Quickben counsels Parent on his feelings, saying they need to be listened to. The three share laughs at the gods' expense, and then Quickben relays to Hood that the House of Chains will enter the Deck of Dragons. Finally, Etkovian oversees the refugees exiting the tunnel. The Mass Council will resume rule over the city, and the Shield Anvil speaks to two elderly women. There he decides the gray swords will swear themselves to Tog and Fandaray and march south to convert the tennis gallery and face the Panion domin. So the chapter begins. Quick Ben is uh, speaking with Talamandus, but we also see many of the Panyans fleeing Capustan, and they're kind of cut down. And then Quick Ben retreats to the camp. And then we find out that uh, the Tist Andy know about this ruse by Dujak. What did you think about kind of uh, catching up with them and then uh, checking in with Quick Ben before he goes off to Kapustan to uh, do his whole Corbel, Brooch, Botulin adventure?
2: Um, I let me think. It's a
0: big chapter, you know, it's it, it, it you it covers so much. And you pretty I think they pretty much touch on every narrator of the book besides talk in this chapter i feel it's a lot yeah
2: i the only things about the Quick Ben adventure that i really cared for was understanding more about that little talamanda's person i don't understand who he is or what i i mean like yes he's a stick but what is he that th- those are my that's my question actually. i
1: really struggled for a while with that too yeah i had forgotten all about him
0: Well, I think because he frees him and it's kind of a passing thing, but then he kind of is such a recurring character, you know, it's...
1: So, if I remember correctly, like, okay, so Quick Ben at one point gets pulled... No, no, okay. He meets Talamandus before being pulled in by the Bargass Spirits, right? No, he
0: gets pulled in by the Bargass Spirits. Talamandus is an old spirit who got put into the stick snare. Okay. And now he, like, hangs out and is, uh... Oh. We later find out he is the Magi of uh, High House Death.
1: Oh, did we find that out already? I mean, I knew he. Uh, oh, I thought Quick Bend was going to be the Magi of High House Death. I thought that's what was being alluded to.
0: No, no, that's Talamandus. So I think, but I think I don't think that's till later. This on. was this was some of the
1: most confusing shit. Was was all of yeah. the Quick Ben stuff?
0: Yeah. So what was your impression of this chapter, Josh? You made it sound like you had a strong one.
1: I, I mean, I liked this chapter in that it was like wow there's so much cool stuff happening and also i hated this chapter because like it it was it was too many things in my opinion for one person to try and keep track of It, it was really difficult for me to like kind of Keep like so many different storylines in front of me, and all the requisite information for those storylines, so that I could like read a sentence and be like, ah, and that relates to this thing from that storyline. Like it was, it was a lot mm. to deal with.
0: Like, like you weren't making the connections necessarily. I was
1: making the connections, but it it, it took me a long time to read this chapter because I made. I, I'm the kind of person that like I, I can't read something and go, I think I should know what that is. I like had to sit there and like comb through
0: stuff we've read and be like, oh, okay, now I get it. It's like a while to get through this chapter. I'm always doing that, so that's funny to hear you kind of be on the other side yeah, of that it was rough. Way.
2: I don't do that, and I think that probably adds to my confusion, because I'm just like, oh, okay, and I just keep reading. Like, I just don't <laughs> try to make any connections, and so then there really are no connections until you guys tell me what they are.
0: Mm. So, Inge, then, um, the council kind of... Uh, the council begins, and... Um, Brood, uh, Kaladamrood, and Kalor speak with Annemarinda Rake, kind of discussing the Malazans and whether they can be trusted and how they should feel about this new alliance. And then they, ju- uh, and then the Malazans themselves join and they speak about the Tenniscowry and what should be done with the peasant army. So, um, later we see them battle against the Tenniscowry, but what do you think of this kind of alliance between, um, Annemarinda Rake, who, who kind of seems to be taking a, I don't know, a more favorable view of the Empire at this point?
2: Um... I love Annamanda Rake, he, I just, uh, what a great character, but also, why are they, I thought that the Malazans, like, kicked them out, so why are they still being called the Malazans? Like, if they have, like, a, don't they have, like, kind of a separate agenda at this point? Like, why are well, they still India, being compared?
1: I think the only thing I would say to that is if, like, if you, okay, I mean, they don't stop being from Malazan.
2: But, like, their ideals are different. Aren't You're not like, wrong.
1: I suppose you could call them Dujek, like One Arm's Force or something. But like, it so is I just, just easier to call them Malazans.
2: Like the questioning of like, like what they're in this for. Like, well, I, just- I think
0: they're questioning because they were fake outlawed in this ruse to try and get the like these exact forces. Yeah, and they are from the Empire and are all Malazan people. So I think it's pretty qu- fair to feel like to call the Malazans and to maybe question. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: mean, this is the chapter where all the people find out that like they've been kind of being hoodwinked the whole time. So
0: no.
2: Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I just never thought of it that way. So it's interesting to read them be like they could be fucking with us here. But um, I feel like Whiskey Jack and and Amanda Rake have that beautiful bromance, and they I
0: think- do have a beautiful bromance. It was ah, uh, I loved it. I do yeah, too. so let's talk about that. That's kind of the next scene. Um, we briefly see Silver Fox decide to go hold the second gathering, but we'll let's talk about more more in the next chapter when that actually happens. I feel like every female
2: character I usually really like, and then at some point I'm just like I, f- I can't stand you, and that's yes, I'm that at, is, that does Silver happen Fox.
1: pretty frequently.
2: What do you mean? Like, I like, I don't know, like all the prominent female characters, like, sorry. I was like, yeah, I really want to like you. And then I was like, I hate you. And then <laughs> Felson, I really, really want to like you. And now I hate you. And Silver Fox, they really set me up to love her. And now she's so annoying. Yeah. She's Ugh. so annoying and, and rude Man, and I'm, bitter and petty. I'm done with
0: Silver Fox right now, personally. I cannot wait to disagree with you. I am fully oh my like God, all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to defend Silver Fox. I don't know. But like, I can't. I'm fully on board with her. Do you know what I mean? Like, anyway, anyway. So, but but, Anna, Amanda, Rake, and Whiskey Jack do have this whole bro out session. They go to the river. They have a few drinks. They talk about boars, the house of chain, talk about priests. You know, they kind of cover the gambit of it all. Um. Josh, what stood out to you in this conversation between commanders?
2: I'm sorry. And also, can you explain the conversation because this whole like fault like mortal, like I, it's, I need. There's I need a lot help. of junk which in Yeah. So we're
1: sure. we, so we're talking about when Rake talks to everyone, and then the Malazans come in. That conversation. Uh, I was
0: I was talking about afterwards when just he and Whiskeyjack were up. But oh, if you have somebody to ta- say about the I, council, I, I want
1: to talk about both. Rake is like the I think, in my opinion, the most interesting character in the in the series so far that yeah. I've met. I, I can't. Okay. Because he is at times such a petty fucking petulant dude. Right? <laughs> like this dude is the king of pettiness. Until he is the most pragmatic person to have ever existed. And he's he's You're one so or the other. On. It's so good. Because like there's times when Animator Rake's just like, and you know what? Bah! still, you know, just steal and soul with his sword for no good reason. And there's times like this when he's like, now listen, I do understand that our ally has been lying to us for weeks on end, and everything they've told us about their reasons are lies. I get that. But they do fight good, though, and we do need them. So... Let's bygones be, and I just, like, I didn't see that coming at all from him, and it's very funny, he's a very good foil to Kaladin Brood, who is the same person, because Kaladin Brood is the same, he is also, like, pretty good at holding his emotions in, and then later, as we see, we'll just break someone's wrists for the fucking fun of it, so, like, they're so good together.
0: I just love that he's like an immortal wise warrior who's not above having a petty grudge. Yes, you know? exactly. So I don't know. I love that. And then <laughs> moving on
1: to him talking, first off, and. Let me just say, I I sometimes feel very bad for the Malazans in that like they are children compared to these immortal fucking warriors that they're fighting with, <laughs> yeah. right? And any has everyone never, else
0: is like on some next level. It has
1: never been more apparent that that is the case than the the two of them just kind of sulking in like, yeah. And 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 Or Kaladin just be again, the master of pettiness, not even talking about the conversation they just had just immediately launching into tactics just to make them fucking squirm. Oh, juicy. Love it. So then moving on to Whiskey Jack and Andamander Rake. That was the most metaphor-laced discussion between two dudes ever. Like I and mm. and it's not even all metaphors, a lot of it's just like them talking about things that they know in a in a way of speaking that they know what they're talking about. But me as me as the reader, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure on a reread that that talk will set up many, th- will, will explain a lot of things. I don't know. But it was very nice. And then they're like, let's drink. And that was really good.
0: Or is the drinking yeah, later? Just... Was this the drink or is the drink later? No, they drink at the end of that. They're like hanging out and yeah. be befriending, It is so pretty. speak. Yeah, I like that they're buds. Although they befriended each other the f- earlier when they were talking about the Seven Cities junk. Yes, when the, yes. When the bridge burners were made. Yes, that's right. Inge, what stood out to you about, what stood out to you during this Riverside chat?
2: Um, I didn't understand. Is this when they talked about like how the guy fell from being a god or whatever? I, I don't even know that Fen- Fenier, Fenner, Fenier.
0: Yeah, they talked a lot about Fenier and Haboric in this.
2: So I had a hard time understanding anything about that. And I felt like it was important. If it's not, let's skip over it. But if it is, what happened?
0: So listen, I'm not 100% on it. Um, I tried to sort it out earlier, but, um, I'm so if please write in, but let me take my best step. So they cut off uh, his hands as an act of like judgment. And you we're know? talking
1: about Heboric, right?
0: Heboric, Yes. Yeah. However, the, the people who cut off his hands were not like members of the cult of Fenir doing it out of this pure act of judgment, um, according to the Reeve, but rather they did it out of like political will from vis-a-vis Lassine's direction. Like they did it to on purpose, you know? So therefore, uh, Haboric's hands were not like, they didn't go to the right place. Mm-hmm. I think Fenir's Warren, rather they went to like a side Fenir. And he's just like looking at him all the time. That's what, I don't know. what it so sounded so like. Fenir's Hunt was hanging out with the Borg's hands then when Boden touched his chest and then he touches the Jade statue it drew like his hands since they were next to Fenir were brought into the realm and that's like Fenir tattooed Haboric to keep the power within him I'm lost I'm, I'm listen lost. to be honest <laughs> I'm somewhat too
1: yeah, but it, this yeah, was I my best this, yeah this
0: I Yeah, I, it was rough
1: I
2: guess we'll have to worry, I'll worry about this when it gets brought up in a book and a half
1: yeah Preach. Well, I think it could be this book because they brought fucking but bo- Oh no, that they brought shit. Duiker. That's right, they brought Duiker. Haboric alive with Felicin. So yeah, next book.
0: Yeah, like Haboric had all of this Fenir power, but he Damn, had they we're not they, even he, Fenir tattooed him to keep the power within. You know, mm-hmm. we're not even that far from last
1: book, and I've I'm already forgetting people's names and like the difference between them.
0: Oh, all yeah. I know is this made me miss Hiboric. I love that guy. He's yeah, <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty funny. So in Capustan we uh this is it's in two parts but really we see uh Quickben go up to the estate and he has this whole little necromancer adventure. Josh, what did you think about his little interaction with the with the, the two necromancers? Okay.
1: This interaction along with the interaction at like the tail end of chapter 20. I have decided that is it the tail end some point in chapter 20. Um I have decided that Corporal Broads and Balchelunt are my two favorite characters uh, next to so Animanda Rake currently. They are funny as shit. <laughs> uh, they are, for all of their competence, they are horrifically incompetent, and I just love them both. And I don't, I, I could, and I, I was actually getting ready to say I could read a whole book of them, but I know that there are several short stories about them that I, I really do want to read, because, like, they're... I don't know. I just, they're so fascinating. Which also, I don't know one from the other. Is botulin the one that talks more?
0: Uh, I think botulin's the big one.
1: I don't know which one's. What no, no, size. no. Sorry,
0: botulin's the the smart one. I think.
1: Okay, and so Corbel Broach... yeah, the one that talks, and Corbel brooch is the one that just wants to fucking murder people.
0: Yes, I think That's so. That's what I thought. Because like, yeah, one of them's a big silent boy. Yeah. You know? Okay. I just want them all- I want them in every chapter doing dumb shit. They're perfect. And
1: also, they never- they always get away. Like, they're- they-
0: uh, yeah. I agree. I love their man- I love their manservant who oh, plays the straight man God. in my whole What's thing. his name right- oh, I can't think of, oh. Emancipare Reese. Ugh. My hero. Um... Inge, what'd you make of this whole little necromantic adventure for quick ben
2: i thought it was interesting but also it was it was like weird i don't why did he go there with his little sick person <laughs> what, what is he doing
1: his exact reasoning was oh i gotta stretch a little you know It's it's been a bit i gotta i gotta make sure i feel good about this that was his real ass answer
0: I do. And I do think at one point Talmandis is like, why are we even he here? And he's yeah, like, it's he
1: was
2: fun like, this is or something. He says doing fun dangerous or something. things for no reason. And he's like, yeah, but.
0: Yeah, he's just hanging out, you know, I don't know. It's it's definitely a, it's definitely a side story for sure, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I thought it was funny when they were like debating in in this place. If the if whatever they were they had was a woody or a fruity. And he was like, well, I don't really know. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh god, god. Well, they're what they're drinking
1: blood? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh god, god that was so good."
2: And he's like, "Oh, well, it's, you know, the opposite of sweet." <laughs> I thought that was I just thought it was everything like, about it was, about,
1: it was like, good. It
2: was, <laughs> when chapter 18 stopped being shitty, kind of. Mhm. Listen, you Neo.
0: Know, um And then after that, we, uh, we really draw the attention kind of draws more towards the thrall and we see Perrin speaking with Caffel, uh, and the, the Bargast plan to set to the sea and, uh, Perrin, uh, has the power to bless people. He is, uh, informed. I see.
2: Um, No, still don't get it.
0: Yeah, me either. He, well, don't worry. Perrin doesn't either.
2: Yeah, exactly. He's like, how do I do this?
0: Yeah. I think he even says, what do I do? Just yeah. say you're blessed. You're blessed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I oh and let me just come out here
1: real quick and say that this this begins the three chapter storyline of people being told by everyone else. This seems the logical choice. And then the person who has to make the choice be like, no. I'm doing what I want to do. And it is a wild ride of uh, every time they make that choice. And I'm, well, ugh, I'm so w- curious how it's was going to end.
0: I want a quick shout out. I want to know what you mean, but I do want a quick shout out. I was just reading uh, a later part of the series, which was referencing this conversation in hindsight. And it was a uh, very interesting to kind of touch back in it and see the parallel about where those characters ended up later on. Mm-hmm. So that's just a note for me and <laughs> people who know what I'm talking about. So, Josh, are, are you talking about uh, Perrin's decision to let the crippled god into the deck of dragons? Yes, because, okay, I, I will say
1: this. The gods are pretty dumb consistently. Consistently, every time a god does something, it's pretty dumb. Um, And so I do understand where they're like, you know what? They had their chance to, to destroy this all-powerful evil and they failed. Let's do it the opposite way. And I'm like, I don't know. Because Perrin's like, they have to play by my rules. And I'm like, you don't know what those rules are. Like, you literally a moment ago said you don't know how to let someone in. And now you're like, I'm going to let him in and control their actions. And I just, I think it's a very big leap for Perrin in his, in how he views his own powers. Mm. So,
0: yeah, I found it interesting. Inge, what do you think about the choice to let the House of Chains into the deck of dragons?
2: I truly don't know what it means. So all I I got from that is now he has to play by the rules. So I don't know what the rules are.
1: Let me, let me literally put it in how I'm making myself understand it, India. And I'm sure it's completely wrong, right? When I read this, it made me think of each god and their household being pawns on a- Like, being figures on a chess board? Or checkers board? No, chess. You know? And they have very- specific things they're allowed to do and currently the cripple and i think even they say that the crippled god doesn't you know he just flips the board whenever but the crippled god is currently like not on the board and he doesn't have to follow those rules but he doesn't have power because he's off the board so they're like well we'll bring him on the board he gets a little bit more power but in exchange we know we have a better idea of what he's able to do with what he has that's how i'm understanding it is like they're all following this archaic board game set of rules and the crippled god now has to follow them too. That could be very wrong, but that's how I did it.
0: I don't think it's a fair metaphor to get at what how I understand it. I don't know if it's exact board game like, but yeah.
2: Oh, I'll answer that with any board game I've ever played ever. I at least cheated once. So, and I, th- is that okay. true? Really? Yeah,
1: Peter. You've probably played board games with her.
2: No, Peter doesn't play games with me.
1: Mm. That's not true, Inge. Peter. <laughs> Peter always played like settlers
2: of Catan with us, like one time, and then we like didn't even get to it.
0: So, but it's fine.
2: Um. Yeah. So my. I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. What I don't even understand the houses, so I can't give you an accurate answer. <laughs> what I can oh, say. No is one understands I the houses. I probably yet. wouldn't. I probably would not.
0: Well, Inge, let me ask you this then. Ask me. So. The chapter kind of ends with the Covian giving the Grey Swords a new mission statement. He's uh, dedicates them to Taga and Fandere, and they're going to march south. So what do you think about him kind of uh, taking the reins and uh, reorganizing the group?
2: Did he also um, name the new shield person in this as well when he did that? Yes, this mm-hmm. is the,
0: uh, yeah, this is, he kind of creates a new power structure. So yeah, pretty...
2: that was, I didn't understand what gave him the right. Yeah, it because I didn't either. he's neither. the last one. <laughs> like how I, he's like, okay, no, I'm not doing this that anymore. That was basically you my are. understanding.
1: Well, he uses those witches. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever um, that had- means, you both just
0: accepted that. So that's a thing that people can do. It's just use witches.
2: Yeah, like, like- <laughs> what do you mean?
0: You encounter a witch, you're like, "What's going on? You got some free time." <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he just brought that. He. It was that. Um, the girl recruit that we all came to know and love, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. fuck, what's her name you know, it starts like a V. Like, Which side, Josh?
1: I think it's. I think her name starts with a V. Yeah.
2: Well, anyway, I don't know. I
1: think it's Vicky.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, probably it. <laughs> Um, I don't know that didn't make I I don't understand who cares like how do you just abandon your one God and decide to it just doesn't make sense I don't know I didn't have any thoughts about it I don't get it I don't get the implications of it and I know you're all gonna be like how do you not but like I don't and if you do good for you I have no thoughts on it
0: Josh Josh do you have any thoughts or should we move on let's move on
2: see exactly
0: all right
1: Wait, we had to double back. We didn't talk about the Talani Mass. Is that this chapter? Or is that what next is that chapter?
0: No, 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 no. That's next. Like, There's like one scene whew. where okay, I thought we missed Silver that. Fox okay. says, L- Silver Fox is like, I'm going to go do that in private. Okay, well, hold on.
1: Before we go on, though. I, uh, India, here's all I have, okay? The fucking wolves, we do find out, are the dog wolf thingy that was with Lady Envy and assumedly talk, because talk has been, like, seeing through a wolf's eye for, like, ages now. Right. Um... So, my assumption is that Tok will be the mortal sword of the new gray swords who are worshipping Tog and Other Wolf. What's the Other Wolf called?
0: F- Fandere.
2: Fandere. All
1: right, sure. I mean, it seems very funny if Tok becomes like the mortal sword of Tog. You know, that's a very Ericsson thing to do is just like switch one letter four books ago and be like, God, this to be such a good payoff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't see this one coming nope
2: <laughs> you idiots
0: <laughs> yeah i i guess that that's my thought okay all right that's funny oh
1: aj when it seems Alrighty. like oh aj quick note when it seem when we start fading out like we're gonna go into the new chapter can you give me like a record scratch and then i'll bring it back to the gray
0: swords <laughs> he does that all the time to the point where i feel like does he yeah i Oh, he, he lots of times. Here, it's very, it's very nice. Here's what I'll do. It's like he'll like have some us say like chapter twenty, the the swords, blah, and then he'll like cut to be like, wait a second, guys, I forgot to uh, scrape the sunscreen off my face or whatever we were saying.
2: Oh, that's funny.
1: I don't listen to the episodes. That's my dirty little secret. I hate the sound of my own <laughs> voice, so I can't listen.
2: I agree. I, yeah. feel, I hate it so much. I try to listen to it. You hate
1: my voice too? What the fuck, India? Anyway. Chapter nineteen It is time for the second gathering. Kruppa rides alongside Silverfox, and the thousands of Talan ride alongside them. Pran Chol introduces himself. He witnessed her birth. Other Talani mass introduce themselves, including A. Estos, declaring that Logros are hunting a renegade Talanai Mass. The second logos to introduce herself is Olar Ethel, a bonecaster and soul taken who speaks of the first throne, Kelenved's occupation of it, and the consequences of his ascension. The second gathering speaks of killing the Panyan Seer and what might come after. Does Halani Mass feel as if they have won their war against the Jaghut and wish their eternal lives to end? Silverfox hears their plea for peace. Says no. Whiskey Jack, Korlat, and Anamander Rake prepare to battle the Tennis Scalri. Rake, in soul-taken form, briefly grabs Anaster but frees him. Then into the tinsty Andy form and starts to slay the Tenniscowry with Dragnipper. Whiskey Jack intervenes to stop him, and has his own guilt on his mind as well. Korlat joins them, and they turn their attention to Anaster. Desperate and his one eye scarred. He speaks hatefully about his mother and Whiskey Jack, but they spare him. They will bring him to Itcovian for judgment. Afterwards, Dujek joins Whiskey Jack, speaking of the weight of judgment. Corlat speaks of an Astor's soul filled with self-loathing. Whiskey Jack, however, is still torn over the killing of the Women of the Dead Sea. And the group discuss this burden. Dujek speaks then to Whiskey Jack about honor and Lasine's desire for the commander's death. Aside the dreaming Maib, Cole and Marilio discuss Rallik Nam, Tenescowry, and what should be done with the suffering woman. In her dream, Maib runs from the woods and inside she finds an imprisoned man, Talk the Younger. He berates her like she is the seer, speaking of one who would deny Omtos Falak and of a Kachain Shemal Matrim. The matron's memory of her children turned against her by the seer. When she awakes, there are cuts on her cheeks, and she still suffers.
0: So, it's time... For the second gathering, we've been hearing about all book and uh, all these different leaders of the Talani Mass show up and convene to talk with Silver Fox about what they should do and their role here on this continent. Josh, what did you make of this scene?
1: Um, So, a lot of things. Um, I, first off, I felt like I should have enjoyed the whole, like, one by one, the, the Talani mass coming up and introducing themselves. You know, I thought that could be a pretty cool, epic moment, but I don't care about, th- I don't find myself caring about them. So like, it didn't really have sure. any impact. And like, I don't know who they are. I don't understand what these I accomplishments mean. So that kind of, it, and my other thought was, I was just like, who are they doing this for? Because Kruppa doesn't know any Well, Kruppa knows more than he ever lets on. The two Marines don't know shit. But everything they said, basically, Silver Fox was like, yes! I am aware, you know, she's very all-knowing about a lot of stuff. Until they got into like the whole, hey, we're like chasing down these uh I'll talk about when they're introducing themselves. Like she she seemed to know a lot about that stuff. Now the information they sure. gave, I was like, wow, this is so cool, and I don't super get it. I kind of got the Kellen Ved stuff a little bit. In how like he took over them, but then when he left, I get like I get what they're saying. How he like the only way you leave a throne in this weird ethereal sense is by dying, and he didn't die. So I was like, that's an interesting like conundrum. Um, yeah, it's kind of occupied but vacant. Yes, yeah, so so it was it speak. was very interesting to me. I do I will say the thing that really got me was just the overwhelming feeling of sadness of these people. They mm-hmm. are just and the tiredness, the exhaustion, just like. I felt such empathy for, like, their plight. And I gotta tell you, Silverfox said no, and we got, like, a little peek into her brain, and I did not like, like, her reasons. Like, a lot of her reasons were like, wow, these people are telling me to do this? No. Fuck that. Why would I do it? They're telling me. And then I'm assuming, I have to assume for my own sanity, that she knows there's a reason she can't free them yet. But, like, come on like they're so tired please just let them rest it was brutal i felt so bad for them
2: well, it was really rough to read i don't really think that i think because they did say like listen we'll help you kill this uh whatever Jaghud is controlling the sea or whatever I don't know, whatever whatever that situation was and they're like yeah we'll help you do that but like after that can we mm-hmm. die And I really, truly think that she just selfishly doesn't want to be alone.
1: Uh, That's what I couldn't figure out, right? Like, it seemed like it was pure selfishness and not that there's...
2: Because she's only been alive for three hours. I get it, Peter. I get it. I see the mouth.
0: I just feel like I just they're... don't know if it's selfish. I mean, like she was born, created for this, like, and then like she doesn't really have a family or anyone. The rich, she's not really a baby. She, and then all the all the people, mass, These are supposed to be the people for? she was created to be, and now they're all like, actually, we're out of here. You know, can can you like, you know, to oblivion we go? I get it, but is loneliness
1: an excuse for condemning an entire people to just eternal life that they hate? Like that like just feels mm. like no. Also, there are people hours.
0: literally that she travels with that like her. Like maybe they could, maybe they could find a new purpose. Is it that crazy of a thought? You know, like yes, I don't know, know, man. alive she, for millennia.
2: Find a new purpose. Hello.
0: She just she wants to hang out with someone. You know, is she's that a, a crime? that she wants it to be? This bone on you know? Hey, Peter. Literally, fuck you. Is
2: a. A young woman with, like, all these connections because of who's inside, like, the people that she's made up of. And she can't find something else to do. She needs to hang out with literal skeletons. That's what you're telling me? That's what she wants to do? But
0: they're her people. They created her. They created her and they don't want her, you know? I think that's pretty hurtful, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I do. I totally get it. But also, what is the bigger picture here, honey? Yeah, hun. And and the risk that she runs if they're like, okay, fuck this and just go off and do their own thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I did also want to shout out that we hear from Olar Ethel more about the Logros Talon amass that were uh, we encountered last book. I don't know. They're okay the ones that- them. That's what I was
1: wondering. I was the whole time I was like, I feel like I've met Logros Talon, but I have no fucking idea when.
0: Yeah, remember they encountered them. That's who gave the sword to uh, Stormy, um, and and then they're uh, they're like, whoa, we're hunting our renegade kin, and then now they're there and they're saying the same thing. So,
2: <sighs> um. Yeah, no, I didn't like any of that. That really annoyed me.
0: What? Just the silver foxes saying no? Yeah,
2: and then mm-hmm. and then she's just so like, then she's like trying to call like the bone man her dad, and he's like,
0: okay, I'll be your dad. It was just a lot. That's what I mean. She has no, she has no family.
2: Right, she doesn't. And we all get dealt cards in life, and those were hers. Let it go. All right. Well, that stop condemning a hundred thousand people.
0: That's pretty cutthroat. I feel, but
2: that's me, man. This book has made me this way.
0: Yep. um funny to hear you say that
2: um so <laughs> india we see uh
0: the battle against the tennis that have met one arm's host we see uh anamander rake taking a bunch of people out then he kills someone dragged up her. And then we encounter uh anaster one-on-one and they decide to spare him to save him for Atcovian. and whiskey jack is pretty torn up about a lot of stuff what do you think about this huge sequence with whiskey jack all the tist andy and the tennis gallery?
2: Okay, my thoughts were, first of all, that is how I want all battles to be. Quick, kill them, it's done, we move on, and we're over it. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I don't yeah. feel bad. I really, okay. So let's let's start when Whiskey Jack has to kill the ladies, the crazy ladies.
0: You don't feel bad for the moms? Oh, no,
2: not at all. In fact, I wish that um, Anna Rake would have done it so that they could have lived in his little torture sword. Wow. Um,
1: <laughs> fucking brutal take.
2: How is that hot take? They're they're insane. They're psycho. They're 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 insane. It, it would have been. I mean, they wouldn't even have known what was so going they de- on.
0: They they deserve forever torture.
2: Is it torture?
0: Ah! Yeah, we were in the sword. Seems pretty bad to me. I,
2: okay, yeah, but like people have been are in the sword for less. So honestly, either way, I I would have put them in the sword and and had whiskey Jack just listened instead of being a drama queen about it he would have saved himself which is what Rick was trying to do all of this anguish that he's feeling now for killing them but like what was that what was he gonna do was he gonna send them to like a malazan like asylum was that was that what he was gonna do like what, what was the other options
0: the empire does seem to have huge mental health infrastructure that's one thing i was picking up on you know yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for sure for sure
2: so, like, I mean, I, he's just so dramatic, like, all the time. Whiskey Jack, like, constantly in his feelings. And I can't deal with it. He's like, and then, so, this whole, like, he's like, okay, I guess I'll kill them. So he does. And then he's like, I can't believe what I've done. I am just as bad as all of them. So that's how I felt about that. I mean, um, also, and now speaking of other people that are in their feelings. Uh, Anastar? Anastar? Anastar. What Whatever. What is his deal? Because he's like brutal AF and then he's like legitimately crying.
1: <laughs> he's a fucking ch- He's a child is what it is. Like he's a broken yeah, 100%, s- child. Like
2: a- Can't take him either. So, I mean, that whole scene, I all I have to mainly say about that is I loved that it was just a quick little battle. And Aunt Amanda Rake should show up more often.
0: I love when he breeds crawled Ghislaine out of his dragon mouth. That's, oh, brutal. That's, so good, like so good.
2: Yeah, that was pretty, I didn't understand what that meant when I read it. I just thought that he may have eaten people, but that makes sense now. I mean, they did say that, and I was like, well, how does he get them in the mouth? But you're saying that he breathed it out, which is very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I loved it.
0: I, too, really like this sequence. I I think this whole chapter for me stands out the most. I love the whole second gathering. I love this battle. I love seeing Anastor be so kind of sniveling and pathetic, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's so interesting. And I especially like later when Corlat speaks about him, um, and like how much he hates himself and all this kind of stuff. I think that's, um, interesting characterization. And I think, uh, I don't know.
2: I love Corlat. I don't
0: know. I, yeah, I, li- I like that part. Um, now, Josh, I believe it was during the first book when we were talking about Dragnapur that you were the one who was, I would say, felt a little... I don't know, you, you, you were a little uneasy about the the morality of it all and how Animander Rarewood Rake would use his Eternal Torture Sword. Yes, I was. So so, how did this section hit you about that and, and just the overall passage? I felt like I was right. So you don't like the sword still? No, I still hate the sword.
1: Still think it's fucked up beyond belief. I will say I feel, I feel, uh, here's the problem. I don't care how many hundreds of thousands of people that were truly terrible, Animander Rake has been like, I will deal with them, you know, and my conscience, my my willpower will be the one that carries their burdens. We get it, Shield Anvil, but like I don't care about that. Every one, like one person, one person that he's just like chuck up my cool. Ch- oh no! And he just like you know beheads someone on accident. It only takes one innocent person in there, and I still think it's fucked up.
0: Still where Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i definitely against it, so there's, like, for sure Pete's against the forever torture, yeah. you know, but... Just seems Listen. not great.
2: Also, of all the people that he could have forever tortured, he chooses not to forever torture this little demonic child.
0: Oh, well, they choose to keep him because they're like, I see you have an arch rival, we're gonna bring you to... Yeah, no, you I, yeah. I think
2: I get that.
0: I, I think that's so fun, you know. <sighs> Just,
2: whatever, <laughs> I mean whatever
0: i just like that like he's there and he like it feels like he's juicing it for the drama he's like oh i see i see you have a, a arch rival let's bring you to them this will be particularly spicy you know that mm-hmm. does
2: make it seem a little bit more exciting i guess when i hear you say Um it.
0: and then the final uh the final part um of course we see uh the mybe um, oh god and she the is uh, running line. through her dreams. And then she encounters an imprisoned talk the Younger. And they have a whole conversation. And then, uh, Josh, what would you make of her encountering talk like this? Uh, it took a while before I realized it was talk, And then I was like, this is weird.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just was kind of like a weird time for me. Ugh, I don't know, man.
2: <laughs> I loved that part. Um, it was.
1: I felt so bad for talk because his brain
2: broke. He got broke brain. He's fine. He's he's coming. He's Is struggling. he fine?
1: I don't know. It was weird. Um, it was interesting that like we've gotten hints that her dreams are like more than they appear. And this was the first time that it's like, oh shit, they're super real. Um, oh yeah,
2: those dreams are real.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Her yeah, I don't know. All all of the shit that happens in her dream kind of confuses me. Because I um... wanna understand it and I try really hard to understand it, and then I can't, and then I just like I'm done with it.
2: Yeah, that's me for most of the book.
0: <laughs> well, I just like the parts about the Canchain Shamali matron and speaking about kind of how, I don't know, she, she the idea of her children had been turned against her. Yeah, she I think was that's duped not once mm-hmm. but twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: She seems like a moron, but I guess <laughs> she's crazy, so it's not...
0: Take, t- take her down a peg. Yeah. <laughs> All I was going to say is I know I said what I said earlier about Silver Fox, but... I wanted to read this quote and then maybe just share a thought, you know, so uh, this is the second. Oh, I actually think it's the third time the title's mentioned. When frozen between life and death in the glacial in between, what can exist of mortal feeling? Not even an echo, only memories of ice and ice and no more than that. What I really uh, what I think I think the quotes trying to get at how things can fade away when we become preoccupied with. Uh, the past or or just certain things, you know? And I think many characters in the book are hung up on one particular thing that is, like, preventing them from, you know, engaging with life or moving on. You know, I think, obviously, the Talani Mass are very focused on this ancient war with the Jagat, but, you know, I think a character like Kalor has all these ancient wounds he's thinking about. I think a character... You know, obviously, Wh- Whiskey Jack often is thinking about his past. And I think a lot of characters are thinking about um, what it means to be kind of in between two places and not being able to move on. You know, um, P- Perrin is reticent to move forward himself. And um, yeah, so that I just wanted to shout out that quote. And then um, if anyone else wanted to, I don't know, share any memories of ice related thoughts, of course, uh, send them our way. I thought you were going to say, if we have any to share. And I was
1: like, yeah, no. I was like,
2: I have absolutely no thoughts. <laughs> the only thing I got from that was like, oh, that's the name of the book. Ha 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 ha. But yeah.
0: I just feel like there's a bunch of people who just like can't get over a thing. And like that's like they need to, I don't know, start journaling about it, I guess.
2: I often can't get over a thing.
0: Inge, do you want to read the next chapter summary?
2: You know, no, I don't. But. But um
0: but
2: i will try now if there are any like typos just know i'm not like you peter and i don't switch things up on the fly i will read them as they are or i'll lose my train of thought it's not my fault i can absolutely
0: guarantee you there will be typos so kick it
2: awesome love it chapter 20 Tak has arrived in Coral, his mangled body in the hands of a seer-daman. The seer-daman was native to the region and speaks of his old days with his family in the harbor. Tak thinks of Lady Envy briefly, and then is brought back to the Matron. Itkovian watches a few buildings being demolished in Kapustan, then join Grundle and Stony on the way to the Bargast and the Masked Council there is to be a parley. Picker watches Quickman and Perrin prepare as well. Before they leave, they ask where Spindle was, and they say that a distant Capan prince wishes to speak with them. Perrin orders them to bring the man to the thrall, and he leaves. Corbel, Brooch, and Botulin approach politely from nearby and ask for directions in the city. Perrin then draws closer to the parlay and sees that the second gathering has come and gone. Approaching the tent, Idkovian drops his commander's garb and speaks with the Malazan soldier. And then Kaladar Brood congratulates him as the defender of Kapistan. The council consists of multiple masked priests, Grendel and Sony, the Bargast, and most of the commanders of One-Arm's host. Kalor bickers with Karuli then realizes he is not a priest of Krull, but rather the Elder God himself. The commanders then agree to split into the Malzans and the Whiteface, and a second army of Brood and the Grey Swords. They then will reconvene after taking separate southern cities. wrathburn Burn interrupts, challenging Kaladan Brood for not awakening the Sleeping Goddess with his hammer. He offers it to her, but she is far too weak for it. Bru believes he will find an unseen path to save Burn himself. Silver Fox approaches, with Perrin, Krupp, and Quickben. The council turns their attention to Silver Fox and the Talonai Mass. They speak of race's fate, and the Talonai Mass who had opposed the tyrant. Silver Fox is firm with her intentions to wage her war. Corlat enters the back of the tent, and Encovia notices her pain. Perrin then introduces him to everyone, and then Ekovian heads toward the Malazan's camp. They speak of Silverfox, and Perrin thinks Nightchill is in command, but Ekovian dismisses this. The woman acts as one. There is no split personality now. Krupp runs after them, speaking of Tog and Vanderay, wolves older than the Elder Gods themselves. Krupp also cryptically speaks of the souls in Silverfox before the Daru is left behind. Silverfox is approached by the Trigol Trade Guild and she allows them to use the Talan Warren to travel. Then the new shield anvil Noral approaches and petitions her to surrender the Talan Eye. The Eye served her out of alliance to the Talanai Mass, but they belong to Tog and Phan de Silverfox denies her. She needs them. Hudson joins with wine, speaking of itcomian and other sexual prospects in her horizon. Paul and Morelio stand aside, the mibe and march toward Capistan. Near the Bay of Coral, Lady Envy and her followers speak of Mok's desire to duel Tool, the House of Chains, and then they find a floating Mekros City. They explore the city, but it is abandoned. They only find the Talani Mass, Linus Tog. She has come to join the second gathering to report that tribes of Talani Mass have lost over 50,000 soldiers. a war on the southern continent
0: of a sail well thanks for that (sighs) thanks for that inch hated that yeah it's pretty fun, isn't it? You know,
2: no, it's it's awful and I'll never do it again. You
0: know, I got to tell you, I do think of the next seven books. I think I'm going to wrangle you into reading <laughs> one or two. So.
2: <laughs> one or two more chapters. That's all I got in me.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're going to be able to do it. All righty. Um, so, uh, Inge, this is our first time checking in with tak, Uh, in these three chapters. And he is a, a mangled boy in the hands of the Seer Domin as he's kind of a Reminisce about the city, and they arrive in Coral. So, uh, what do you make of this, and and how how are you feeling about Tox's current position?
2: Um, I think Tox's position is great right now. The Seer gave him his cloak as a blanket. What more could he ask for?
0: Very flirty.
2: Um, he's on like a beautiful like waterfront harbor with just some corpses. So yeah, no. Um, so Coral has already been obviously taken down, which I didn't. I guess that's what they were discussing in the beginning—that there was no way they could save Coral, right? Because it was like next in the in their site. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, his
0: conquest was discussed a while ago.
2: Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad for Talk. I don't get why. Is it just like he gets like a like a fifteen minute walk outside, and that's why he was away from his uh, mom? Or that's
0: what it sounded like. Just kind of weird.
2: Yeah, why? Like, is it just to, like torture him further to like give him some space and then bring him right back?
0: To be honest, I'm not 100, percent but I guess it seems pretty thoughtful. You know, I think it's pretty nice to bring your... Uh, you know,
2: yeah. I don't know. I didn't really get much out of it other than the person who was with had lived there. So mm-hmm. was he there before, and then it got seized and like destroyed, and he got taken out of it, or was he like? A, or they said that when he was young, right? his yeah, dad just I think sailed it was kind away, of
0: just, right? Yeah, I think it was kind of setting the... St- setting that city's like introducing that city and kind of um talking about it in different times along with uh one of the soldiers you know yeah
2: okay well i i thought that was weird even so like why like why i don't know that was a i feel bad for talk and i um, i'm interested to see where he's going or if what josh said about him being the new mortal sword right
1: i don't know well because they said that like their mortal sword was found far to the south or something i thought that's what they said
2: he's just in like such a predicament right now like a really, really bad one that I would just yeah. love for him to get out.
0: He
1: could be. He could
0: not be the mortal sword. I don't know shit, so.
1: You're always um, right,
2: though, Josh.
0: Mm. Josh, uh, we see uh, Picker. Uh, and and her squad kind of uh, demolishing some buildings, and then they're gonna help. Uh, they're gonna find this obscure prince, and then uh, Perrin goes off to uh, go with the rest of the council. Do you think anything will come of uh, this obscure prince?
1: I mean, I don't
0: know. Uh, knowing this
1: book, yes, this prince will become a huge player out of nowhere, and it'll be like, oh, you didn't know about the prince. <laughs> oh you fools i don't know man we'll see i do this is what i was talking about well, i want to say earlier though this is the scene i was talking about where corbo broach and botchalon just like show up and we don't know it's them but we know it's them because the servant runs after sure sure and they both just get fucking knocked out and that's hysterical to me no like these all-powerful I, necromancers just like pow one in the face other gets you know sorted in the head
2: very good. I didn't realize it was them.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, because it says then a, be- a bedraggled man in servant's clothes runs behind them like, sirs, no! And it's like, oh, a man's poor."
2: That's funny. That makes that funnier. Mm-hmm. Before, I was like, why'd she just punch them in the face? <laughs> for what?
1: I don't know, because they were being
0: rude, and she's a soldier, I guess.
2: Yeah, she has no time for the nonsense is all, yeah. sir.
0: So it's after that, then, that we have this massive parlay outside of kapustan where it's kind of decided what's going to be done with the city and what's going to happen with all the soldiers afterwards so uh and kaladin brood like breaks the priest's hands in a great bit um, oh fucking so brutal in inge what was your big takeaway from the uh, the many uh the many meetings here it should also be noted that silver fox joins later and and speaks about the Tlana mass and her desire to go to war so firmly you know
2: Yeah I think that this is like the definition of too many cooks in the kitchen Um
0: for sure yeah. great call Yeah
2: Yeah like I feel everybody has their somewhat of their own agenda in this grander but everybody is going toward like this obviously grander we're all fighting the Pan and dam and whatever but at the end of the day they all kind of want to get something out of it so and they all and there's a lot of clashing and I I don't know I don't understand like I get obviously for book purposes you have to have all these people come together but in like the real scheme of it it's like bringing all of these random players together that are supposed to be working together is just crazy and I under and it makes sense as to why these tensions are so high the idea of like turning the tennis gallery into um recruits or whatever seems yeah
0: to convert them
2: I just I would I don't I don't agree. You're not
0: on board. I'm
2: not on board. I disagree. Why? Because they're... I, because why? For what? I guess that's... Because they're point. like,
0: they're fanatical and they're passionate. You know? Clearly so, like, they're committed to their people? work.
2: And that's what they said. They're like, yeah, arguably, people who eat people might be the best people to pick. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're crossing lines here that I don't know. I'm not sure I want to cross.
0: Mm. I do agree that like too many people are in the meeting, and I'm just sorry. You know, Gruntle's cool and all does not need to Why be here. Why is Stani there?
2: Why is Stani there? Yeah. What is she doing? Calls, like, oh gosh, so dramatic. It's just all so dramatic.
0: Mm-hmm. Josh, what did you uh, what did you think of this big meeting? Silver Fox shows up late. We realize Crawley uh, is crawl. Lots of stuff goes yeah, on. Yeah, that one I counsel. was kind
1: of like, really, this whole time. But also, been... who
2: cares?
1: I'm... Who cares? It's true. I mean, it's. It, I mean, apparently he can't do much. So I guess it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, yeah, you are Kroll, but like, what does that even mean? Power move by Silverfox showing up late, dropping her knowledge, and leaving. Ooh, fierce. Yeah. Also, kind yeah, of a fucking. Sh- also, kind of a fucking late, dick on-
0: move. Like
1: she's gone full on. I'm a bad bitch, here I am
0: mode. So. Literally,
2: no fucks, yeah. not a fuck given.
0: And I'm here to support her in that decision,
2: let it be known. I, I don't think I support I support her in that decision, PB. I do support her in that decision, but also let the people die.
1: Yeah, let them <laughs> fucking end their suffering.
2: Like, I like her for everything, except for, like, her obvious abandonment issues.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cause, like, understandably understandable, so, though. Understandable,
2: understandable, but you're in a position of power now. So, like, figure it out.
0: What do you think about her decision to uh, not surrender the Talon Eye to uh, the Grey Swords? Brilliant. Yeah, that was Brilliant. weird.
3: I, I really, would never.
0: Uh, 100%. If I got a whole army of skeleton wolves, you're never in my side, baby. Here's my problem.
1: All right? Literally. If there's one thing I've learned if from these books, it's that if someone who seems completely unimportant says some ominous shit to you it's gonna happen right like for sure now she's gonna regret not giving the talan eye up when they i don't know fucking murder her or something uh Mm. so yeah that will happen that is my guess is that some bad shit will happen and the gray swords will be like oh we told you
0: so so I do just want to double back since we're just kind of jumping around. And I know we've mentioned a few times the Caladan brood giving his hammer to the priestess just as like a prank or whatever to
1: break her
2: <laughs> wrists. Oh, <Ugh. laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: you really um, punked her, huh? It's pretty
0: funny. <laughs> he got her
2: good. Mm-hmm.
0: So we also see Cole and Murillo kind of escorting the mind towards the city. Um, Inge, what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think? So what do you what, what do you what's your prediction?
2: Oh, Peter, what is even... Like, I need first to understand her... Like, there's so many facts. Like, she's such an interesting character, and I was thinking about how we often talk about her and we often just say the same things over and over. Like, oh, my God, it feels so bad. Oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. Um. But it's just, like, there's so much to unpack there, I feel. Like, will she ever get young again? Will she die? Why do her dreams... Like, like she got scratched in the dream. She got scratched in real life. Like, what's going on? So... And I really love um, Cole and Murillo for like, that's them, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's for, great. Like,
2: they are being so sweet and so kind. And they're like, no, we're not letting this happen anymore. We are done good seeing people, this old lady Good sucker. people, good yeah. people. Um, so when she gets there, also, I really can't wait. And I want you to remind me, and I wanted to talk about this now so that I will always remember that I want to ask him how he wrote in the point of view of such a scorned mother. Like, yeah, for sure. so interested in It's that. very good. Like, if he got any, like, advice, like, I don't know. But yeah, so I'm so interested in how he writes like that. It's it's really, really, really interesting. I
0: remember listening once he uh, was inspired by a friend, but um, we should really? definitely talk to him about it. I mean, so I think it would be obviously, a, uh, I, I, I would like to.
2: Right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're, and I still want to know, like, I feel like those bracelets that Krupp gave her, we're not yeah. what he said they were. They have to be something else, and I need They're to know what they are. They're definitely some weird shit. Because, like, shit got really weird once he gave her those bracelets, I feel like. Or maybe I'm crazy. But, I don't know. I hope that, like, they, they I don't I just want her to be young again and live her best life.
0: Yeah, agreed.
2: That's all. So and I'm to hoping go back that they to take them. her...
0: To go back to that memories ice quote, you know, it's like she is existing, frozen between life and death in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like she is in this position um, of this in between, you know?
2: Yeah, she's 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 in a shitty situation. So I hope that wherever they're taking her, if they're taking her, any I don't even know. Do they even really know where they're going? Or are they just like looking for like a healer of some kind?
0: I also think in that last my dream section is is when there was the most kind of, I would say, poetic language about maybe mo- mo- motherhood altogether. I Do you mean? Because it, it really was speaking very broadly about her as like mother symbolized. Do you mm-hmm. mean?
2: She was like, she's drained my whole life, but isn't that regular motherhood? And I was like, wow.
0: Mm hmm. <laughs>
2: wow that really hit home not that i'm a mother but you know it would really suck to feel that way
0: so that's all to say call your mother seriously um josh our final uh peek in in this uh chapter we check in with lady envy and i'm uh she discovers a floating city a row a random talanai mass what'd what'd you make all this i love
1: her so much lady envy's the best she's a queen But I the whole this whole literally because I read it yesterday and the whole time I was just like this is it's so it's so Steve. It's such a Steve thing. I've said it before, like I can be like he presents us with an impossible situation for the characters. Right. And then he takes two paragraphs and fully establishes a thing that exists within the world and why it totally makes sense (laughs) that it's currently here. Like in like the fucking last book with the Triggle Trade Guild. And you're like, no, no, sure. no, you can't get me with this. I'm not going to believe. And then two paragraphs later, I'm like, of course, the trade guild established in this place. You know, of course, they're <laughs> classic. So, all, you know, it's like we see a fucking floating half of a town, one singular alley. And mock, who, by the way, yeah, mock now we're talking, I guess. I guess we're just <laughs> the fucking... Mock talked earlier.
0: Mock talked earlier. Yeah, but
1: Mock's not shutting up now. Mock is like fully like, hey, what's up? We're buds. (laughs) And he's just like, ah, yes, the floating towns of these barbaric people who show up occasionally, you know, when it makes sense for the plot. Of course yeah. it would be here. And I was it's very cool. It's a very, very cool image of just this floating town. But like oh can I tell can I back up way far real quick? Not way far, like a couple of things. Mm-hmm. There's no rules it's just right world, here. Josh. Speaking we'll of things that Eric speaking of things that Erickson does that I'm just like, ah, Steve. He led me in at the beginning of this chapter with like four paragraphs on the cat people of Coral, right? Oh sure. Only to then just be like, it's a shame they're all dead. <laughs> like why did i need to know about the cat people steve they're all dead <laughs> i was so pissed it made no sense and or not and you call them cat people but it, I'll, I'll never get to know do they have big ears and furry faces i won't know you killed them all before i could see them
2: i know they're just husks now yeah all right
1: back but, onto this but josh you could think
0: about them being nope. alive
1: <laughs> nope
2: yeah
1: uh back onto this very cool very into it did not expect to see a talani mass also okay real quick they're all called the talani mass sure yes
0: yes but then and their like clan name
1: the clan name comes first so the yes. low gross talani mass low gross
0: okay. talani mass
1: can you please help me remember and we met them last book Briefly,
0: The Logros are the one we met on the boat. They were chasing yes. Rogue Kin. We usually are dealing with the Kron
1: Talani Mass. The Kron
0: Talani Mass that are wo- the- like Prawn Chol is one of those, and, and they're the ones we've met before on Gennaback. They're the and they're the ones that kellenved took control of. Yes. No, they're the Logros.
1: So okay, so the Kron Talani Mass were not taking control of but but they're the ones we keep seeing.
0: The yeah, Logros, they fought at Kapustan. The
1: Logros to Talani Mass were being used by Ved, And then when he left, they just went to do things.
0: Yeah, they're Kalenved. they're hunting some rogue kin. They're kind of occupied. Yes.
2: Shadow throne.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, great. I feel good now. It was very cool.
1: Uh, also, I know for a fact, or I feel not, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm aware that like in two books, we're going to go... To a completely different area. And I have to assume it's going to be to wherever these fuckers are. So, um,
0: Inge, do you have anything to add about, uh, this last section or?
2: Are we wrapping up?
0: Well, I was, I was going to move towards wrapping up, but.
2: Well then, who is this human that killed all these Talani masks?
1: Oh, we don't know. Yeah, we, we, I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think we're going to find that out India in like a couple books.
2: When are we gonna realize that humanity is the tyrant, guys? When oh, are they preach. gonna realize?
1: Preach! I mean, I think we're seeing many examples of it at Silver I know, Fox. I
2: know at Silver Fox, you freaking oh, don't
0: you? Don't you dare! <laughs> um,
2: Yourself included, Silver Fox. So,
0: uh, I just also want to show uh, before we move into the final little wrap-up thing. I went uh, 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 the show came out. We, we, we've been doing the show for like a year. That's all I wanted to say. So, like, yay!
2: Hell yeah! Woo! i really like the build up to that peter <laughs> yeah
0: it was very good <laughs> felt yeah very you know me really letting my hair down really celebrating
2: oh yeah you're tired um, it's nighttime
0: yeah dude yeah. it's like one in the morning for you it's it's no 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 you forgot daylight saving times it's midnight okay any who's so We have decided to read all of book four in one big stab and it will be a big super show. So the next episode of the podcast will, I'm guessing, be supersized and discuss the entire ending of the book. So I would just love to hear, since this is our last time before we wrap up the entirety of Memories of Ice, Josh how, what do you think's going to happen in the end of Memories of Ice? That's that's too big of a question. All um, right, just pick you can just pick one, but,
1: you know. I guess that All right, here's what I'll say. I have a sneaking suspicion that our current alliance because it feels too buddy buddy. Right. I feel like due to a series of unfortunate events and mm-hmm. People, specifically men, not talking to one another because they're too fucking dumb. I have a feeling there's gonna be a giant misunderstanding at some point in the alliance at a pivotal moment will begin to dissolve. I don't know if it will completely shatter or if this just gonna be or if there's just gonna be like an extended moment where everyone thinks it's gonna shatter and then they bring it back together. I don't know which. But I really think there's gonna be at least one moment of like Oh fuck! The good guys are not happy, and it's shit's gone bad. That's my thoughts.
0: Interesting. You you reminded me of it just there. I think there's a conversation between Hetten and Silver Fox about uh, like uh, sexual sexuality and gossiping differences yes. between the Rivien. Oh, and the-,
1: the girl group was the best part of the fucking chapter.
0: I really love the girl group section, the girl and then there's a section so where like um, Silver Fox dismisses all the men or something, and it's like self-importance will do that to you or yes. something. It's oh so good.
1: God, fucking get it.
0: I love um, this. Anyway, back on to back on to it. Um, Inge prediction on how to h- how Memories of Ice is going to wrap up.
2: Mm, I don't know. Okay. Well, at the end of the day. Memories of Ice, is just a book. And so...
0: Okay, where are we go? Holy shit, <laughs> everyone get your pencils out. India's about
1: to drop
2: it. Can you tell that I'm bullshitting? Because I don't know. There's,
0: there's many words on the pages.
2: And where there are, are so many pages to a book, the ending could only be
0: that. And then...
2: <laughs> at least... I'm calling it now. There will be four main character deaths.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay, do you want to name the characters or are we just going with the number?
2: I'm going to say, you know what would be a crushing blow? You know what? I'm going to say, I just feel like in order for Whiskey Jack to rise, do Jack One Arm has to die and thus mm-hmm. call in his death. Don't know why. I just feel like for somebody else's... St- who knows if Whiskey Jack will even be important in the next seven fucking books, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think he will be also, you know, in, in battling this war, there's from the last book, there's a complete other like shit brewing up. So I wonder I wonder when these worlds are going to be like, Yeah,
0: you know that we, we didn't talk about it earlier. But Perrin has a whole little thought where I guess he, he's almost just teasing his sister's conflict. He's like, I guess I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Oh, that fel- fel- in the in the mines. Para t- tavors living a luxurious life. He, he kind of thinks about his sisters at one point.
2: Yeah, you'd think that he'd go try to find them. Um,
0: he's pretty chill about it for sure.
2: Yeah, right. He's like, yeah, my sisters, man. I gotta gotta get back to them, but this pain in my stomach.
0: But um, <laughs> my sister was uh s- s- sold into slavery. But you know, I'm pretty busy over here. <laughs> I got my tummy hands ache. full. <laughs>
2: but um yeah. yeah something's gonna happen with him too i don't know what but something's gonna happen he has so much I, I just i need some questions answered you're asking me to answer questions that i don't even know the answer to mm.
0: well i have to say i'm very much looking forward to reading the end of memories of ice and uh talking about it. you know the ending of each book is always an exciting time to i agree have a have a show i'm mm-hmm, excited for it
2: mm-hmm. to be done like I'm not excited to read it. Like I like I'm excited to like know what happens. Not, oh, like, I feel who, that. I feel that. Yeah. If I know what happens at the end of this, uh, which
0: I'm I'm excited for both. I haven't. Uh, it's been a while since I read Memories of Ice. Been having a good time, so I'm looking forward to finishing it. And with that, of course, we're ten very big books at Gmail and Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show. And um, as always, uh...
2: we love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're all uh, special in your own unique you ways. I was—I was gonna say have a good week, but as always, we never. Yeah, I, I think you—you we go- you every week say as
1: always, and then say something different, different every group. time. Catch on the flippity flop. Oh, you can't say that. I said that for years, and you fucking hated it.
2: Catch you in the funny paper. That is
1: accurate. You don't get to use those words, Peter. Ca- catch you in the mid, like baseball. Nope. <laughs> I <laughs> know I wasn't with you until the as baseball, so now I'm, I'm really into it.
2: Make like a tree and leave. Make like a bee and buzz off.
1: We're gonna make guys. like a baby and head out. <sighs>
2: <laughs> That's my baby. <favorite. laughs>
3: Hello everyone, producer AJ here trying something new today. Uh, I mentioned in the Discord that I'm finally reading along with the show and I've got some requests to share my thoughts, so I thought I'd try something new and give my two cents on the chapters covered in every episode. Stuff I thought they missed or stuff that I enjoyed. Uh, We'll see how this one goes and maybe you can expect more from me in the future. Uh, The biggest thing I wanted to comment on in this episode is that I feel like the gang really missed the point of the seer freeing talk from the matron and showing him quote unquote mercy. Uh, In the book it says Quote, the seer had wanted him to see Coral, the palace fortress, his vast cordon of mages, the thousand or more Kachane Shamal Kel hunters, the elite legions of his main army. The defeats of the North meant little to him. It was a quote-unquote mercy to let Talk free of the matron, but only to show him that losing Capustan did not really matter. Uh, that his would-be rescuers will be exhausted and weak after their treks from Capustan in the Second Gathering, only to be met with thousands of undead monsters and a cadre of Panion mages. Letting Talk free was no mercy. It was meant to break him down even further. Uh, on the flip side of that. I also just wanted to address when Krupp says in chapter 20 that he dances, quote, with breathtaking artistry and grace, nay, he glides like an unbroken egg on a greased skillet. Stumble? Fall? Krupp? Never. Uh, (laughs) Having not read Guardians of the Moon, I never fully grasped Krupp's wackiness when they were talking about it, and reading it in this book is just... It's so, so good. Uh, anyway, if you enjoyed hearing my thoughts, please let us know. If you think I could make it a little shorter, let us know. If you didn't like it at all, let us know. This whole show is an experiment, so if there's anything you'd ever like us to try or to change, adding spoiler warnings to the Ericsson interview notes, for example, please, please, please reach out to us on Twitter or Gmail, 10 Very Big Books on both of those, or you can say something in the Discord. We've been growing little by little over the last few weeks, and it's really great to see it gradually become more and more active as the numbers grow. If you like to join the discord you can head on over to bit.ly slash tvbb discord that's capital v capital b capital b capital d discord the link will also be in the show notes and as always thank you so much to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Geserich for the hottest A-Rod and J-Lo possibly buying the Mets takes. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthon from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on May 15th with the finale. Of Memories of Ice that's chapters 21 through 25 of Memories of Ice and then and then we'll be done We'll do some off-season stuff and then we'll be back uh, In if in uh, you know probably a month after that with book four. It's it's crazy um, Oh one last thing. Sorry. I, I didn't write this in my script because I forgot about it until right now uh, we've been doing the show for just over a year now and seeing where it started and where it is now is so beyond our expectations. Uh, So just thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for just being involved and coming along on this journey with us. Uh, We we really, really appreciate it. And we'll never be able to tell you how grateful we are to have uh, as wonderful of a community as we do. So, all right, this has gone for far too long. Uh, So we will talk to you in two weeks. And as always... Thank you so, so much for listening.
0: Do you know that we haven't really talked about? The fake cursing in this. You know, it's a big part of the series and we haven't really hit on the oh, fake cursing. Oh, here we cursing. go. Yeah,
1: I got my thoughts. I don't care. It's the same as when they say "carf" in Star Wars. Don't give a shit.
0: What is next?
1: Karf? Exactly, India.
0: They say "carf" in Star Wars? Yes. I think that's the word they use. Are you thinking of frack? That's the only.
1: Nope. I typed in "carf" and the third th- thing was Star Wars. Let's look it up. I don't
2: know if we can go forward without oh, a cocktail. Oh no, carf's
1: a creature. Yeah,
0: let's really derail the show. <laughs> well, let's look it
1: up. Star Wars
0: cursing. AJ, can you throw in some more record scratches? Maybe like some confetti sounds or something.
1: <laughs> "Kark," yes. "Kark" and "karking" is a Huttese expletive. Appears frequently in Star Wars Legacy. I listened to the Star Wars podcast for a while, and they always said "carf" or "kark." Yeah. Oh. So. All I right. Can so it.
0: not. Okay, okay, anyway.